Are you feeling alone? Well, you're not the only one, and that means you're not really alone. Welcome to episode eight of Therese Talk. I'm your host, Therese Main. By day, I host a morning radio show on a network in New York and Pennsylvania. By nights, well, I podcast. If you're a woman like me who loves Jesus and just wants to serve her family and community a little bit better, you are in the right place. In this episode, you're not alone. In fact, loneliness has been a big problem, not just during this pandemic, but I think it really made it so much clearer to us. Did you know the loneliest group in America is college students? And in just a little bit, we've got a college student with a unique perspective on the Titus II woman. I'm not sure how you're listening today. If you're using Apple Podcast or if you've gone to fln.org slash podcast, can I ask you to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode? In Titus 2, it talks about a woman, a woman who is holy, who's focused on the truth, and who teaches younger women how to live. It specifically speaks of how to love their husbands and their children. But there's a mentorship that this kind of speaks to, that we're not supposed to live alone. In fact, when we learn something about God, we're supposed to teach it to someone else. So I decided on this episode to get two friends, one older and one younger, to talk about being a Titus II woman. First is my friend Nancy to share her perspective on being the older woman, although you're not that old. Right, exactly. I don't know how I became an older woman. Like, was that yesterday? I'm not really sure, but I will tell you that there have been older women in my life when I was a young Christian that I still think about the things that they told me today and and how they helped me along the way. So yeah, it's a, you know, God knows what he's doing. What are some of those lessons that you learned that you still hold on to? Probably the most important one was find out who God really is according to the scripture. Because what you think about God is the most important thing about you. And it better be scripturally correct. And so I had to investigate. I had to look in that Bible. I had to read it. I had to study it. I had to sit under teaching and be willing to change my mind if I was pretty adamant about what I thought or who I thought God was. You know, it's funny, the world we live in now, there are these people called influencers, you know, and they're on Instagram and on Facebook and Snapchat, and and they influence people in how to think. And there are probably a lot of women who are influencing a lot of other women about things that aren't true. But I've always appreciated about you the fact that you are so adamant to the core about God's Word and the truth that's in it. How did you develop that love for the word. I'm sure there's lots of facets to that, but the first things that comes to my mind is the people that were around me when I was learning, I watched them live out what they believed to be true according to scripture and they would show it to me and I'm like, "Oh, like wow, that really works." God gave me a husband who um his relationship with God <laughs> is so uh, real and um, evident, and, and he encourages me to find out in Scripture 
you know, what, what are those answers and who is God here and, and trust what God has written. And I, and then I see it lived out and it works and it's, it's beautiful and life-changing. Ladies ministry can be kind of a prickly thing uh, because there's a lot of fluff and a lot of women don't like the fluff and they're turned off by ladies ministry because of that. But you have even written some of your own Bible studies that are like the most anti-fluff things that I've ever (laughs) been a part of. Uh, How did God put it on you to say, Nancy, this is something I want you to do. And and here's what I want you to, to put down on paper. Here's what I want you to teach. Here's what I want people to know. I mean, how does that even happen? You know, it's an interesting story because I am not a speaker and I'm not a Bible teacher ever. And I was in a season of life where I would wake up in the morning and I'd say, God, I just want to think about you today. I want you to be in all of my decisions and, you know, really walk with you. And then I'd go through my day and I'd put my head on my pillow at night and I'd realize I didn't do it. And I was like, oh, man, I mean, I forgot you and I feel so bad. And I went through that cycle over and over and over again until finally I said, all right, God, I I don't know how to do this. So I'm just going to set this thing aside. And it was at that time where our ladies ministry was looking at who's going to teach Bible study this year. And there was no one standing up. And I had read this book, Abiding with Christ by Andrew Murray. And just looking at the index of the chapter headings was exactly what I wanted to have as my relationship with God, what I was lacking. And so I knew that I needed to teach a Bible study about abiding with Christ, but I had never done anything like that. I was scared to death. And so I never said anything at any of the meetings. Who's going to teach? Who's going to teach? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And then finally, we're down to the wire. And I said, all right, I think I have to teach. And they all looked at me and said, you? I said, I know, not me, but I think I need to teach this lesson. So this, what would normally be a six-week lesson, turned into a 28-week Bible study with women that revolutionized my relationship with God. And I believe it was a blessing to many other ladies. But what it did was answered my prayer. I said, God, I want to think about you throughout the day. And then he said, daughter, the way you're going to do it, the way I fashioned you is you need to study. You need to open that book. You need to dig in a little deeper and listen to what I'm saying and then share it with the ladies. And that's exactly what happened. And that's why I will be willing, if God opens a door, to write a Bible study or teach a lesson because really what he's doing is answering my prayer so I can get to know him better. When I asked you if you would come talk about being a Titus II woman, you were like, no, 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 I don't lead other women. Mm -hmm. I don't teach other women. And then I began saying, well, you've done this and you've done this and you've done this. And one of the things that you and your husband both are passionate about are Awana programs. And so would you talk some about maybe that relationship even with uh, younger girls and what women of all ages could be teaching them? Yeah. The beautiful thing about Awana is it's a discipleship program for children, but it brings it down to their level. And the beauty of it is that God becomes real to them. Like this, what, maybe you're going to talk about one verse, but let's, what does it mean? Let's, let's take it apart. And what did you do today? And how could it affect you? And you get personally involved in their lives. And God suddenly comes off the flannel graph and becomes real to them in their everyday life. And you try to help them to see that 
in all the different aspects in their family and their school, and that they see that the their leaders love Jesus and they love God and they just want to share it and they share their stories with the children. It's just a beautiful relationship, really. So for women who know because they believe in scripture, that they're supposed to be part of this Titus II equation, whether as the older woman or the younger woman, but they're just not connected. How can they begin to connect with another woman in church? This isn't necessarily about reaching, you know, 20 women. This is really just about one-on-one. Well, I guess if, if you feel that either you need to connect with a, another woman because you have a need, or you are that older woman that you feel like you have some experience with God and you want to share it, I would imagine you need to get in touch with your women's ministry leaders and say, how can you plug me in? How can I do this? I have this desire. If God gives you a desire, like, you know, you really have this burn that you want to share, or you have a need to know more, you must follow through with that. Your your local church should be able to, you know, point you in the right direction for sure. Live on purpose. The purpose is to glorify God, to get to know him, to be a kingdom girl. So live that way. The most important thing about you is what comes into your mind when you think about God. If you have the right mindset of who God is according to scripture, that's the most important thing about you because you're going to filter everything through the God of scripture, not the God that you and I put together based on our circumstances. So what about the younger woman? My friend Izzy just started her freshman year of college, and she's going through a lot of change. And I'm really excited to be able to watch, you know, from my older woman perspective. What do you think people like me should know about your generation? I think that we are obviously younger, and we're going through very different stages of life. And we want to kind of do what we want to do and not look ahead to the future sometimes. And um, it's hard because people your age want to, like, help us and give us advice. And we're like, ah, we kind of want to do it our way. And we're immature in that way sometimes. So So how can we help you? How can we help you to make mistakes without, you know, hurting anything that's really important? Well, like, I personally love getting advice from older people because they have the future that, like, I would like. And I'm a person that constantly is looking for the future. So for me, if you gave me advice right now, I would take it as like in a snap of a finger and be so excited. And I'd be like, wow, like Mrs. Maine gave me advice. I love that. Um, I'm not sure why the rest of my generation doesn't like that. So biblically speaking, we're supposed to be training up those that are younger than us. So I want to look at both sides of this. First of all, what would you like to be learning from older women? And then I want to hear maybe what you would like to be teaching women who are younger than you. Every time I'm ever with anyone older than me, I'm constantly learning new things from them. But like I said before, the future that like I want is kind of what my older friends have. Like they have a family or a husband, they have kids, they have a job. And those are things that I'm striving for right now. And I think that they can give me advice on how to do those things correctly. And then for the younger generation of me, I just always want them to feel, because when I was younger and and older people were like kind of me, I always felt so stinking special when they would just love on me and encourage me. So I always want to make sure that I'm doing that to them because that's what I got when I was their age too. So help me understand Snapchat and TikTok. 
Um, <laughs> so Snapchat, Snapchat is an app that has like overcome like iMessage and just like texting. It's now become like the way that we communicate. Um, pretty much you snap a picture of yourself and you type a little something and you send it to someone. Um, I think it's made us a little, we talk less and we snap our faces more or like what we're doing more. Um, and then TikTok is an app that has blown up our everything and everyone's obsessed with it. And pretty much it's just these random videos that people make with like, sometimes it's funny content, sometimes it's dancing videos. It's literally whatever like the creator wants to put out. It's just, it's a very entertaining app and it's very addicting. <laughs> and you realize that us older people, we have no idea. Like we just can't get it. Like I tried to get it and I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's, just, I think honestly, everything that happened with COVID and quarantine, it drew even more people in because we were so bored. So then we were just like, all right, let's sit and scroll through TikTok all day long. Since you brought up quarantine, what has God been teaching you through this COVID pandemic? So something that I learned since we couldn't go to church and have like no interaction with our other brothers and sisters in Christ, um, I learned that like I had to make my relationship with God more personal. I couldn't just rely, while I think it's important to fellowship and like rely on, you know, the preacher's message and things like that, you also need to make like your relationship with God your own. So I would spend more time in my Bible because I wasn't getting my God time at church. So I would spend more time in my Bible, more time in worship, more time in prayer. And it was just something I had to figure out for myself. And mind you, I was not perfect at all. I definitely had days where I messed up and weeks where I messed up. But uh, it was it was interesting to be able to find my own relationship with God. You know, I think that's something that a lot of older people discovered, too. So maybe in that way, we're not so different. <laughs> right? Yeah. So you don't really have a concrete plan for what comes next in your life. You're going into school kind of undecided and you're sort of waiting for God uh, to tell you what to do next. What is the best thing that someone who is outside of your age group can do? Because it's been hard for me just knowing you not going, you should this or you should that, you know, because <laughs> I would have my own opinion about what you should do. But clearly that's not for me to make the call on. You have to make that call. So how can we help someone who maybe isn't sure about what comes next? You know, I have just loved the people that respond back to me and say, it's okay. You don't have to know right now. And I've actually had some people say, you got to figure it out soon, or you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. And I have like hated that. Um, I think in the beginning I was having to pick between listening to my dad and my pastors and my friends and my older friends, younger friends, everyone was just telling me what to do. Here's what you should do. And I was so overwhelmed. And then I learned that no one else's opinion really matters. And it's only God's opinion. And I just relied on him. So if people just like would, instead of, you know, shoving things in my face, more just tell me they love me and tell me that they're here for me. And they're so excited to see where God's going to take me and things like that. Things that just encourage me instead of, make me feel like I'm making the wrong decision. <laughs> so if someone who is in an older generation wanted to start a friendship with someone your age, what's a good question that we can ask? And we walk up to you in the church lobby or we 
hit you up on Snapchat. <laughs> what is it? Oh What's a good question? Because, you know, you hate to say like, hey, how are you? But I don't, maybe how can I pray for you? I mean, what are some things that you would say? Yeah, if somebody came to me with that, I would respond. I really don't know because I feel like I'm a person who reaches out myself. So like, even if an older woman didn't come up to me, I would go up to them. But I do think questions that could relate to us, but not making it cringy. <laughs> so not being like, oh, can I get Snapchat like you or anything like that? Trying to invest in them and, and make them feel special and ask them, you know, if they saw like on Facebook or whatever, what they did or, you know, they had a big life milestone or whatever it is, like asking them personally, like how that was for them and different things like that. I actually have this one friend, an older friend who always asked me these like deep questions and they're always like tell me how this made you feel or um show me where god like moved when you went through this or did this and it always like makes me think and i actually like enjoy talking to that person because it's more than just a hey how you doing i'm good how are you end of conversation kind of conversation you know it makes me feel like someone actually wants to talk to me so would you say that your generation is deeper than we give you credit for sometimes? I think that social media has definitely made us very surface level people. And sometimes we hide behind our phones and sometimes we um, aren't comfortable talking. But I think when you like break through that, we actually are deep and we have thoughts and we have emotions and we want to express them. If you want to find out more about mentoring, dig into Titus 2. Pray about it and see who God has who you could train up. little bit about how college students are at the top of the most lonely people list in America. Second is divorced people. And then third is single moms. And maybe just me saying one of those categories made somebody pop into your head. Maybe that's somebody that God wants you to reach out to. I think a lot of times when we think about lonely people, we think of widows. And certainly the Bible is really clear that we're supposed to visit widows and be keen to their needs. But at the same time, don't forget some of these other people groups. Something else that I learned about loneliness is it's not always the person who sneaks into church, kind of sits in the back, and then shuffles out as soon as service is over. In fact, a lot of times lonely people will become super servers, that they begin to fill that void in their life by just doing. In fact, loneliness is really the gap between the expectation you have in your friendships and the reality that you have. And so anytime there's a gap, we tend to look for ways to fill it. And people fill that gap with all sorts of things, but serving is one of those things. So if there's somebody in your church who always says yes to everything, they might be lonely. They might just need a friend. So send a text, make a phone call, do something to reach out to them and let them know that you care. Can 
Can we talk a little bit about cancel culture? I've struggled with even keeping my podcast going because of the current state that we're living in. It feels like with all the disagreement about COVID and mask wearing and our government and politics and voting that everyone is on high alert. Everyone is so easily offended. Everything online is just promoting discourse between everyone else. And then cancel culture comes along. This is the mindset that if somebody makes a mistake, if somebody says something that is wrong, that we cancel them, that we unfollow them, or that they get fired, or that we don't have anything to do with them ever again. And while I realize that, yes, people need to be corrected in the way that they think about certain things, we've got to be able to do it in a way that allows for grace, that allows for change. I mean, the entire Christian faith is built upon the realization that you've been living wrong and that you want to repent of that. So how can we perpetuate a society that says, sorry, no grace for you, no redemption with you, I'm done with you. And as a person who speaks for a living, it's frightening because the chances of me saying something dumb or wrong on a daily basis, yeah, pretty high. It's kind of made me hyper aware of everything I say and everything that I do. And especially when it comes to this podcast, wow, I just didn't even want to do it for a long time. And so I'm going to ask that if you're listening to please have grace. If there's something that I say that you disagree with, let's have a conversation about it. But please don't cancel one another. We have to put a grace culture before a cancel culture. And yes, if people are out of line, we need to call them out on it. But scripture is so clear that we're to go to that person one-on-one, talk to them about where they've fallen short, and allow them the opportunity to repent and do better, to do more like Jesus. Before we go today, can we pray together? Lord, thank you for your word, for the truth that it speaks. God, I pray that this podcast would encourage people to open their Bible to get to know you in a true, authentic way, God. So many people have so many things to say, and they're so loud, Lord, but there you are. There you are as the rock, the truth, everything we need to live. And for some reason, you've kind of gotten shuffled to the back, Father. And so I pray that we would be drawn to you, to know you more, to dig in, to know you in a way that is so intimate and so real that it forever changes our lives and allows us to change the lives of the people around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.